welcome everyone to another episode of Do We Like Murder, a segment of the Long Overdue Podcast, a production of the Decatur Public Library in Decatur, Texas. This is another episode of Do We Like Colts? Is the, that's the unofficial <laughs> subtitle. That's the sub- unofficial <laughs> subtitle that I'm giving it. Mm-hmm. Do We Like Colts? Um, this will be the last last one of this series. We started off with three and decided we had to split it up into yeah into three because we all had so much to talk about. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, I think it's worked out well. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll get through this one and then we'll maybe we'll do something else for a change. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think we've already discussed our next. I actually we think we're just flying thing? by the seat of our pants. <laughs> yeah, oh, at this okay. point, we're just like, whatever. <laughs> well, you, you heard it, listeners. That's just how we do things here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I would like to preface mine by saying that some of the things I probably won't tell you, but the things I will tell you are still very disturbing. Okay. And uh, so if there's any listeners out there who want to turn off right now, now is your chance. <laughs> yes. If you're not uh, uh, familiar with the, uh, the usual Do We Like Murder um, viewer advisory mm-hmm. or listener advisory, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, here it is again. So, I, And I, I feel like this is the worst one I've ever come across. Ooh, okay. But, you know, mm-hmm. I might have felt and said that one of the others i don't know i know you've (laughs) talked about some pretty bad stuff before but then not all those things are related to cults you just mean that as it relates to the cults we've talked about or just all the murders even even the murders as well that you know some of them are graphic and Mm -hmm. and all that but this one was um they spelled it out (laughs) okay yeah wow okay so um my cult is called the Ant Hill Kids. Okay. And they are based, were based, <laughs> in Canada. So, I have trouble pronouncing names, so I do not know if I'm pronouncing uh, the names correctly. So, he, uh, let's see, the leader of this cult was Roach, R-O-C-H. Okay. Um, Theralt. T-H-E-R-I-A-U-L-T. So that's probably French. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm going to call him. That may not be the right pronunciation. <laughs> and then um, he was born in, let's see, Sagani? Sig- yeah, I can't even pronounce that. Valley in Quebec. Okay. okay. So those are my, my stump, stump me words. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so he was born in 1947 um, in Canada, so he lived his entire life there, and his parents were Hyacinth and Pierrette. Very interesting. Very French. Yes, it's, yeah, it's not Pierre, it's Pierrette, which the E-T-T-E would make you think that that was a female, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. Okay. So, some of the information I read said that his father was abusive to him when he was young. Mm -hmm. But, of course, the father denies that. um, So, we really don't know Mm -hmm. what happened. Um, 
he dropped out of school at age 13. Okay. So that was, what, mid-50s, late 50s? Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Um, and then he immediately started getting into um, religion and, like, really strongly into religion. And um, he had an obsession with the apocalypse. Okay. And the uh, 13? Well, you know, it doesn't state a specific year. Okay. But, you know. Dropped out, had a lot of free time. <laughs> yes. Okay. And, and he, he focused his free time on religion. Mm-hmm. And um, then it kind of, I guess, evolves from there. A- and the Old Testament mm-hmm. were his focus. And it says uh, something that I read said he, they had a, um, he focused on the strict code of masculine authority. Uh-huh. So. He was raised Catholic, and um, he converted after he dropped out of school to the Seventh-day Adventists, um, and he started following their beliefs. Mm-hmm. So no drugs, no alcohol, um, no tobacco, proce- processed foods. That's thought that was interesting yeah. that they mentioned that, especially in that time frame. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have thought there would have been a lot of processed foods. Well, yeah, that's when it was becoming really popular right like when canned food was becoming a real big that's true probably the 60s uh-huh. yeah 50s 60s that yeah. was so so even then they were yeah so it was like none of that yeah okay so so by the mid 1970s um he he didn't remain in the church for very long but he mm-hmm. still maintained their beliefs and he started um getting his own followers. He believed that he was the people's savior and um later it does say that they did accept him as their god. Oh. Yes. I thought that was interesting too. So he got together, and he had some followers. Um, okay, let me go back for a second. So as God, he was put here to save the world mm-hmm. from the apocalypse and evil, which, thinking about what happens, it's like he was trying to save himself from himself. Mm-hmm. Okay, because <laughs> yeah. he's evil. He was yeah. an evil person. <laughs> but then it says he was put on earth by God. If he was God, right? How did he put himself on yeah. the earth? Because there's only one, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, in his belief system, he wanted to um, get a group and create a group of free-thinking people. Uh, to develop this commune Mm -hmm. and um, that way they could all be free and then they could follow and listen to his teachings Uh imagine that i know (laughs) they're always like we need free thinkers but we want you to think this one thing only yes (laughs) you are free to think this one thing that we tell you to think only (laughs) yes but you know he he did follow the teachings of the bible but he interpreted it the way he wanted to. Right. <laughs> so, 
in order to get some of the people, I mean, he had people following him, but um, a little bit later he was able to get people to follow him. Um, and he had them abandon their families and their homes. And mm -hmm. it doesn't say that they like sold stuff and gave him the money or anything, mm -hmm. um, but they just left everything. And he told them that his, the families were corrupt. Mm -hmm. So that's why they, they should get away from them. Mm. Hmm. It's just the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> like his families in general are corrupt or that their families were corrupt? You said their families were corrupt. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's the way that you isolate people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Tell them. Yes, If exactly. they don't believe in this thing that we believe, then, then right. they're obviously not. Yeah. yeah. They're totally sus. Yeah. It's time to <laughs> time to get out. Yes. Okay, so getting to the um, the name, the Anthill Kids. So this uh, happened when they were starting to build their commune at mm -hmm. one point, and he was at, I don't know, he was observing them from a distance, and they looked like bugs, the way they had coordinated themselves to work together and all this stuff. And mm -hmm. so he called them the anthill kids because that's what they look like oh <laughs> yeah that's really mundane yes right <laughs> and i i think the anthill kids is very blah i mean like you yeah. said mundane anyway mm -hmm. and then that's how they got the name it uh -huh. wasn't even like they murdered ants with magnifying glasses when they were uh -huh. kids i don't know <laughs> or used ants in some kind of weird some torture, kind of weird torture <laughs> ritual yeah <laughs> oh, yeah yeah i hadn't even gone there yet <laughs> no that was just like do you mean to and we're like well <laughs> <laughs> all right so he had followers that consisted of, okay, this is going to crack you up, four men, nine women, and four children. Which, wow. yeah. thinking about yours, which had like thousands of people and they made a city, uh -huh. this is nothing. That, that was his followers? That's it? Yes. I mean, according to one of my sources, yes, that was really Four it. men, nine women. Four children. I think there were probably a few more than mm -hmm. that um, because they talked about uh, the number of kids he had mm -hmm. and then the number of kids that were in the commune at a different time and those numbers didn't match up. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think that there were probably some more people that were not listed here. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, eventually... When he started going a little bit crazier, he decided that it was very important that he married all of the females mm -hmm. in his group. And this helped him to expand the number of people in his group. Um, so he got them all pregnant mm -hmm. and had um, 20 kids by these nine women. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. So somebody, one of the other sources said 26 kids were in the commune. Mm -hmm. So that means six of them were outside, yeah. first, you know, prior to right. they were kids when they them. came into it. Yeah. Um, so he started, well, in 1978, that's when uh, he predicted that in February of 1979, 
the apocalypse was going to happen, the world was going to end. Uh, but that didn't happen. <laughs> Imagine that. So um, he said that the reason that that didn't happen is because the calendars did not ma uh, match. The mm. Israelite calendar and the Roman Catholic calendar were different. And so he mm -hmm. fudged his numbers. Yeah. It's always something like that. I mean, he would, right? He didn't carry that one. It was just... Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That was not... His <laughs> he dropped out at 13, y'all. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, you should have known that by then. You expect, like, all these calculations to be done accurately. <laughs> right? Um... Okay, so after the apocalypse didn't happen, uh, he started going a little bit crazier, and that's when he uh, decided to marry everybody and, and get them pregnant so he could grow his group. Mm -hmm. and, um, and he started going more crazy than he already was. Yeah. Um, and he began punishing people. Now, I don't know the order of what these happened in, but okay. I'm just going to talk about them in the order I put them in. So okay. is he punishing people in his group or outside his group? Inside his group. Okay. And for various reasons. Okay, so there was one lady, um, which is probably part of the reason he got caught eventually. Um, her name was Salong Boilard. Okay, so she told him one day that she had a stomach ache. So he made her take off all of her clothes, tied her to their surgical table that they had made, oh. and proceeded to punch her in the stomach. Um, then, this is ridiculous, he decided to give her an enema forcefully, it was made of olive oil and molasses. And, um, you know, forced that into her. Mm -hmm. Then, you'd think that was enough, right? <laughs> she just had a stomachache, for heaven's sake. Right. He opened her abdomen with a kitchen knife. She did not have any kind of painkillers. But, anyway. Yeah. And with his bare hands, he reached in and pulled out part of her intestines. And then he had somebody else sew her up with the needle and thread. And one of the other followers, I don't know, if, um, he had her put a tube down her throat and blow into it. Right? Huh. So she lived for a day. She died the next day. And they went ahead and buried her. Okay, so she was not discovered for over a year. Okay, okay. so we'll come back to that. So initially when he started doing some of the, the um, punishments and stuff, um, he would beat them with belts, and then it moved into beating them with a hammer. Oh. Mm. And uh, then he would hang them from the ceiling and one by one pluck out each of their body hairs. Wow, weird. All of them? All of them? That's what it said. Like hairs, Each of them. That's a long that, time. That's yeah. I can't imagine that he would have the patience to do that. I'm sure he had a follower sure. do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, or yes. several. Some people have more hair than others, but still. True. That's still a lot either way. 
Mm-hmm. So the kids also were tortured. So mm-hmm. some of them were his. Mm-hmm. So some of them weren't. Uh, most of them were his, I guess I should say. Yeah. So our second victim that we'll talk about is a two-year-old boy. Aww. His name was Samuel. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what happened, but he had trouble urinating. And so he cut his penis in half. Oh, no. Oh. Okay, so he it says he sliced it open. Mm-hmm. And when he wouldn't stop crying... After this surgery that he performed, um, he ordered one of his followers to beat the young boy who died from his injuries. This yeah. is bad enough reading about it, but then talking about it, it's like, oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Um, so to conceal the death, they burned the body. And um, this, this I don't really completely understand. So maybe as we're talking about it, it'll um, process differently. But he says, as punishment, uh, Thrall castrated the, the guy who um, beat the boy. And then say that he was trampled by a horse? Okay, something was different there. Oh, there we go. <laughs> he castrated that guy. Mm-hmm. So he and then it said he was trampled by a horse. Uh-huh. So he ordered him to do this thing. And then when he did it, he had him beat to death and then told everybody that he was trampled by a horse? They castrated him. Okay. And told him he was trampled by a horse. Oh, okay. Interesting. Hmm. So, Thorald and eight others were arrested. And they were charged with criminal negligence, causing bodily harm, and they were all released. I know. I s- y'all have to see Chris's look on his face. Right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, they were released. And this was so the the charges were based on on which victim, the guy that he castrated. Well, it says that the truth came out, and the police raided the commune. Okay. They discovered the charred body okay. of the boy, and then it says that they were arrested. So I don't know how yeah. they came to find out about this, um, mm-hmm. but they did, and then they were arrested, and then they let him go. Huh. Okay, so that was in 1981 that that happened in Canada. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> of course, you know, we talked about the whole um, controlling, you know, mm-hmm. that that's just what the cult leaders just do. Yeah. And um, it says when they are both uh, physically weak and mentally weak to escape, he um, wouldn't let them talk to each other without his permission. Mm-hmm. And he also conducted tournaments, these gladiator tournaments. And he would force his followers into a dirt ring in fights. He became paranoid that his followers were thinking of leaving. <laughs> Why would they want to do that? <laughs> and he became more violent. And, okay, so that's when it, it started with the belts, the hammers, and it says, this source says, the flat 
side of an axe is what he would mm. oh. punish them with. How? Hmm. Yeah. Okay, so then it says if they were thinking of leaving, that's when he'd suspend them from the ceiling and pluck out their hairs one by one. Oh, gosh, there's more. <laughs> and defecating on them. Hey. He had his followers prove their loyalty by breaking their own legs <laughs> with sledgehammers. Could you ever be convinced of doing that? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I was like, here, hobble yourself. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sounds like that would be hard to do. Yes. I mean, not impossible, but well, break I mean, your own legs with a sledgehammer, well, I guess. Yeah, you yeah. Could. I mean, sit down. Like sure. Down and just yeah, I right. guess that'd make it easy, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes. I'm glad, I'm, glad, I'm glad you figured that up, that one out. <laughs> Been thinking hard on this one, huh? <laughs> 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 yes, you could. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, we've read some of these um, stories on child abuse. Mm -hmm. I can't remember that one that just recently came out that um, we talked about, about the kids up in the Northwest. Um, Mm -hmm. Those were kids. Mm -hmm. Completely understandable that they did not know what the appropriate way that they should be treated um, and that that was all wrong Mm -hmm. and all that. But these are adults. Yeah. Well, a lot of them are adults, Mm -hmm. I guess. And they did this to children. Yeah. It's not just him. They did it too. Mm -hmm. And how could they ever in their mind think that that was okay? Mm -hmm. So he also um, had them sit on lit stoves, shoot each other in the shoulder. See, that way they didn't have to do it themselves. Uh (laughs) That's the least crazy thing. Right? <laughs> so far. I was like, that's the least crazy thing. Sm- uh, smear feces on each other and they cut off each other's toes. So those are what they inflicted upon themselves or each other. Um, it says that he also was sexually abusing them. Surprise, surprise. And forced them to eat their own feces. Ew. Uh. This guy is just disgusting. Yeah. So all this was after his apocalypse didn't happen, that he was... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he just kind of went off the deep end and just... He decided to make his own apocalypse in his own little corner of the world. Yeah, that's what it sounds right. like. Does, does any of this ever elaborate on his reasoning behind any of this? Because, I mean, we I'm know that... I'm not going to elaborate this. like... Like, Biblically, blah blah blah. Like this is we're gonna do this because it's gonna get the demons out of you, or, or you know, yeah. was it linked back to his beliefs, or was he just doing it? Just yeah, he was like, you, you, you're trying to leave. Yeah. Well, what is interesting is he um, forbid them to eat meat and do the tobacco and do all that stuff. Um, he started drinking <clears throat> heavily, so that was one of the things that he wasn't doing to begin with, but then picked up later mm-hmm. and. Sounds like he did not handle that very well. Mm-hmm. So, talking more about the children. Um, let's see. If they misbehaved, um, they were whipped when they didn't have any clothes on. He would nail them to a tree. Mm-hmm. 
and force the other children to throw rocks at them. Mm. Um, it says here that one of the mothers tried to, um, I think, protect her child mm-hmm. and took him outside, her baby, um, and he froze to death. <gasps> and that's what they say. Allegedly, that's what she was trying to do. Mm-hmm. But do you really know that that's what he was trying to do? She might have been doing it because he told her to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it seems like all the terrible things that he did, even to small babies, that was not even close to the terrible things that he would do. Mm-hmm. Right. So it seems like possibly, yeah, she was like, I got to get my baby out of here, but then didn't think further than that. Yes, that's true. So you see that in... Of course, I've seen it in different movies where the mother suffocates the child mm-hmm. because she doesn't want it to cry mm-hmm. and doesn't mean to do that, but doesn't know what else to do. Um, okay, so in 1987, there was another investigation, and this one, um, 14 children were removed and placed in foster care. But this, it didn't end there. They just wanted to save the children and didn't care what everybody else was doing. So once the kids were out, well, so that's good. Adults, yeah. <laughs> you they know. just left them there to do their mm-hmm. their own thing, and yeah, they removed the children. And possibly I mean, the, the create children more children. Yeah, the children can't consent to any of this, right? Grown adults can. Grown I mean, adults can say, "This is where I want to be." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. That's true. I mean, at least they were able to do that, but... But they didn't. Well, they got the children they got out, the children. Right? Oh, they got the children out. Yeah. But I mean, as far as the the adults could leave, is what I was yeah. thinking. Right. But yeah. they didn't. But, but if the authorities are there, and they're talking to a bunch of adults, and the adults are saying, this is where I want to be... Right. Unless, unless you can actually prove that someone's breaking a law, like, right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But even then, like, they let them out. Yeah. Yeah. So, after the kids were removed, he got even more violent. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? I, I can't even yeah. imagine what that looks like. So, maybe that's when some of these other things happened. Um, so, one time while he was drunk, could have been he was drunk all the time, but he believed he was a doctor who could perform medical acts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one day he took a rubber band because all doctors use rubber bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, he put the rubber band around the testicles of one of the followers. And it became so swollen and infected that after eight hours, um, Thorolt removed the testicle and cauterized the wound with a hot iron. Wow. And what was his ailment? Like he went, he went to. Because it sounds like he was fine until he had a rubber band. <laughs> yeah, like he went in and it was like, you know, because the other lady had a stomach ache. You know, I was like, what was his ailment? That he was like, well, you know what we need to do. <laughs> like, well, you know, I've heard this statement that doctors practice medicine. So maybe he was practicing. I don't know. Just for practice. Yes. Because it doesn't say anything about like why he went to, why he went to him and was like this hurts <laughs> and why would you oh, oh yeah no everything is fine I feel great 
Holy smokes. Okay, so that was in 1987, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, so in 1988, there was another lady in the commune, and her name was Gabrielle Lavalli. Oh, Gabrielle. She complained she had a toothache. No. no. <laughs> Just remove it yourself, Gabrielle. <laughs> right? He responded by ripping out a number of her teeth with pliers. <sighs> and then later, he chased her with the knife and cut the tendons of one of her hands. Right? Huh. That's logical behavior to chase somebody with a knife. Mm -hmm. That's why they have them in horror movies. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, okay, so in July of 1989, he impaled uh, Gabrielle's hand on the kitchen table after she complained of stiffness in her hand. So... If you hurt, it's coming off, or yep. it's getting stabbed, and you know yep. something. Yeah, it can't hurt if you don't have it. Exactly. <laughs> so, which is interesting, because then he decided to amputate her arm, huh, with a cleaver. He just hacked it off. Wow. And she lay in agony on the kitchen floor while they stitched it up. The following morning. Can you imagine your arm was just cut off and you have to lay there uh -huh. all night in that pain and then they stitch it up and I'm sure it's the pain doesn't go away, obviously. Yeah. I can't even imagine. No, it, and <sighs> amazingly she didn't bleed to death. Yeah. Exactly, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they didn't stitch it up until the next morning. Yeah. Okay, so that was in July. And this is what's amazing to me. All of this horror happened to her, and she escapes mm -hmm. in August. How can your body take all that, and then you still have your faculties enough to get out of there? Mm -hmm. um, so she hitchhiked, it says, to a hospital north of Toronto. And that's when everything was pretty much exposed. He, um, uh, throughout pled guilty to three counts of aggravated assault and one account of unlawfully causing bodily harm. Huh. He received 12 years in prison. Wow. That just makes no sense to me. Mm-mm. Mm -mm. That is definitely not enough. Canada's too nice. Right? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Because here, we'd be like, so you're saying you weren't really trying to kill her, but you were totally trying to kill her, so attempted murder. <laughs> <laughs> you just chopped her arm off, dude. Right, exactly. Not aggravated assault. <laughs> right. So this is when they found the body of the other lady. Okay. That they had punched in the stomach and pulled the intestines out mm -hmm. of. Stitched her back up. Yep, yep. <sighs> yes. So he pled guilty to second-degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole until 2000. However, that is not the end of the story. I wish that was the end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay, so <laughs> these different sources have different information and they're talking about Gabrielle again. Mm-hmm. Um, when he yanked out her teeth, he, it says that he also had in the past, I don't know if it was at the same time, but previously, broke off a hypodermic needle in her back oh. and used a blowtorch to scorch her genitals. And this is just horrific. I mean, yeah. I, you can't even say anything else other than that. Yeah. And I just like, for why? Like, there's no... I don't know. No reasoning behind any of it. No. Well, he thought he was a doctor, so he could use a hypodermic needle. I don't... Right. Obviously, he didn't know what it was for. <laughs> Giving enemas with olive oil and molasses. molasses you know, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. I don't know. That could be an old ancient remedy. I don't know. <laughs> Um, okay, so it says that they, huh, police actively gathered stomach-turning piles of evidence that put him away for, it says for life behind bars in 1993. Mm-hmm. However, he died on February 11th, 2011. Um, there was another guy who was his cellmate, Matthew Gerald McDonald, and he jumped him with a handmade shiv, put that in his neck, mm. and he bled to death right there, hmm, which that, is too nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, it sounds like that guy is the, the hero. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's what they talked about. Uh, about him being the hero. You can't condone murder, but come on. Um, but then it says that the, his cellmate calmly walked to the guards, said, here's the shiv. Yeah. I just uh, chopped him up. Mm-hmm. Go get him. He was already in jail. So yeah, I mean, yeah, if, he was already, if he was already there for life, yeah. So, I mean, what are they gonna do? Sentence him to life, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, another life, another one. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's very interesting that he did all these things. He was in so much control of mm-hmm. all these people outside. So he gets into prison. <laughs> what was this? His cellmate Matthew exposed to that made him he was like, lose oh, it. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was he trying to control him? Was he just trying well, to force beliefs? That's what I was thinking. I was like, what did he end up trying to make his cellmate do? Mm-hmm. Like, he's probably trying to enforce the same kind of control on whoever he had access to. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> true, yeah. If he was in, you know, that was what he was into. Then mm-hmm. And somebody finally said, nope. Not happening. Yeah. Good job, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Matthew Gerald McDonald. Don't get that confused with any other Matthew here that we may know. (laughs) So, yeah. um, I did not look into the survivors Mm -hmm. as far as, you know, what happened to them. Obviously, some of the children did go into foster care. Yeah. But they can't have had... How could you get over that? How could you have a normal childhood after that? Mm Mm-hmm. It's like a dog who is beaten by his owner mm-hmm. or mistreated, and then he goes to somewhere else, and that's what he expects. Yeah. Um, and he shies away from you or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I can imagine that that's what the kids would do. Right. 
to foster parents. Mm -hmm. And depending on their age of when they went into foster care. Mm -hmm. Because if they're young enough, there's a possibility of being shown attention and tenderness and love. True. But if they're already in the double digits, it's a lot harder to to change Mm -hmm. that kind of... Yeah. Expectation and that kind of trauma. Yeah. Which is interesting that he had any children left. Yeah. Based on the way that he treated them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or any followers, really. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's always, that's always crazy to me. Like, that they get so wrapped up in all this that they are willing to do all kinds of crazy, horrible things Mm -hmm. to themselves, to other people, to their children. And yes, to their own children. Mm -hmm. Not even him, but he got the other people to do it to their children. Mm -hmm. Bad, bad people in this world. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like he gave up the whole religion thing somewhere along the way because it's just like you're doing all of this and it was based on none of the belief system. Oh, because he was God now. Yeah. And he could do whatever he wanted to, and he would impose that on everybody else, the, the uh, restrictions. I mean, yeah. I guess if he got to that point where he had, like, a God complex and just mm-hmm. thought that he could just do whatever, then then he would just do whatever. If that was what he was into, then... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeez. He could get away with it. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, Gabrielle got away. Yeah. And, you know, being in that kind of a situation, I know that it's hard for people to think about even escaping because, I mean, what she'd already endured, she would have been dead if he'd have caught her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, he probably would have chopped off her legs because she ran. Right. Mm -hmm. So there is an author. Her name is Emily Thompson. Uh, She has some books out that talk about the Ant Hill kids. Um. I don't believe we have them, but I, I did want to mention them. Um, Cults Uncovered was released in February 2020. Hmm. Um, she also wrote a book, Unsolved Child Murders and Unsolved Murders, True Crime Cases Uncovered. And that one came out in 2019. I'm not sure when the Unsolved Child Murders came out. And it said that she actually started getting interested in cults mm-hmm. um, or in true crime when um, because her mom read a lot of it. <laughs> and so she went yeah. to her mom's bookshelf one day and she picked out the book Fred and Rose West. Mm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I looked them up. They're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know who they are, but I'm sure they are. <laughs> <laughs> so we might have to talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, I did find, okay, so Emily has a podcast slash website called morbidology.com. Mm. Yeah, it seems really cool. I went on there. And so there was also a podcast that said brew crime podcast. So she was talking on somebody else's podcast, so I'm mm-hmm. not exactly sure. Um, mm-hmm. But I've, I'm pretty sure that her website and her podcast are called morbidology okay um but then this other one was they were kind of featuring her on it Mm -hmm. um i also came across another podcast 
the Dark Histories podcast. Hmm. And that was from darkhistories.com. And they all came up based on this specific cult. Yeah. So I'm sure that they have more if y'all are interested. More information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> more information and, and even more cults. That's true. Was it Cults Uncovered was one of the ones? Uh-huh. That's the new one that just came out in that, February 2020. That would probably be a good one to check out for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You might have to order some of these books. About these weirdos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I've, I've covered everything. Um, you know, it all goes back to religion. Mm-hmm. God complex. Religion and weird cult sex. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and low self esteem. Mm-hmm. So one of the things about the commune, like initially, it did say that they were self sufficient, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought, you know, they grow their own fruits and vegetables, you know, and you know maybe have cows or whatever yeah. or milk. But it also said that they sold um, some of their goods and. They said they made maple syrup, preserves, bread, and smoked fish. And one of the things that if they didn't come home with the right amount of money, mm-hmm. they were they were punished. Punished. Yes. Hmm. So, I mean, these are just a few, I think, of the things that went on mm-hmm. with these people. Oh yeah. So, do you want to know Matthew McDonald's exact words after he killed? Yes, I do. This is um, in quotes. Um, Well, let's see. McDonald strolled up to a pair of guards, handed them the bloody weapon, and announced of Thoreau. This piece of blank is down on the range. Here's the knife. I've sliced him up. And then it goes back to what you said. While it's immoral and improper to thank and or congratulate any murderer. (laughs) (laughs) Some feelings on that order must have proven inevitable in this particular instance. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that I would say is that he just did not suffer enough mm-hmm. based on the things that he did. Yeah. He went too quickly. Mm-hmm. Sorry, people. <laughs> that was a little personal. <laughs> so, yeah, and you know what? That's the whole thing. The defecation and stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember that from the child um, abuse case Yeah, mm-hmm. that we had talked about. That that was a big thing that they did. They wouldn't let him go to the bathroom. And then yeah. when they did, they would do stuff. And yeah. it's like, what's the deal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody poops, y'all. Right. Like, it happens. Mm-hmm. We all have to do it. Okay. See, and this source is saying 26 offspring. Mm. So I did get a lot of the information from morbidology.com mm-hmm. and investigationdiscovery.com. Um, but there were a bunch of sites out there mm-hmm. uh, that talked about these cults or this cult. I haven't been present for all, all of our episodes, but the closest thing that you talked about up to this point that was like kind of on that level that I remember was the, the Hillside Stranglers. Yeah. They did a lot of terrible stuff to, to people. Uh-huh. That's right, they did. Yeah. 
that's the thing. I mean, I know that we've talked about this, but thinking about the specific mm-hmm. murder and, and things, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, or true crime, basically, it's harder. But yeah, I do remember that now that you mentioned yeah, it. Those guys were, those, those guys were creepy too. Yeah. But that's like, that, that that's like something that, you know, someone would put in a movie, you know, like a, a just a, you mm-hmm. know, crazy slasher torture porn yeah. movie. Uh, or, you know, like some, a messed up death metal song, mm-hmm. you know, but it's that's something that really happened. Yeah, yeah, it's like you you couldn't even imagine something that's like this terrifying, happening. right? Yep. What a monster! He was. Oh my gosh! See, and I'm reading more that I didn't even cover, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, dude, really? Yeah. If you can imagine it, he probably did it, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And that continued for over 10 years. Yeah. Mm. Can't even imagine. So some of those kids that he had were between babies and 10, 12 mm-hmm. years old based on... Yeah. Because, I mean, nine women, 20 kids... If it was 26, you got to Right, because he probably continued to impregnate some of them. Yeah. And not to mention the kids that were already there, that were brought in by their parents. Mm-hmm. That were probably already teenagers by the time uh, they got out. Yeah. Well, and it said all the females. So if he, if there were younger kids, I mean, younger than teens even, mm-hmm. he probably did yeah. marry them. Yeah. So, I'm glad this happened in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) We can't be the only people who are (laughs) crazy. (laughs) Well, in this Fred and Rose West, that happened in the uh, UK. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) We're spreading it around. (laughs) So... Yeah, it's just nuts, and it's really interesting. I mean, just thinking about the other cults and stuff mm-hmm. and comparing them, it's it all comes back to the basics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there may or may not have been any abuse in his childhood, but he dropped out of school at 13. Mm-hmm. I mean, if everything's going great in your family, that's not going to happen. Yeah. I can't imagine it would. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, not even necessarily. Because at that time period, because it was what the... 50s when he dropped out he was born in 40 something 47 so yeah um late 50s late 50s could have been like you're 13 go get a job yeah that could be but then that kind of goes to not having a great relationship Mm -hmm. if he actually left Mm -hmm. i mean because otherwise he would stay at home right and work and bring money home for his family Mm -hmm. and help take care of them yeah. In a nice way. But if the relationship wasn't there with his parents, mm-hmm. then it's like, I'm out of here. Yeah. And it, it doesn't have to be necessarily a an abusive relationship. Right. They didn't, want, they didn't want him to do what he wanted to do, or if he was already getting religious, and they were like, you're talking craziness. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. go talk to a priest. And he's all like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> you know what I mean? He grew up Catholic. Yeah. Right. Hmm. 
Well, one one thing that I was thinking of as you were talking about about this, and as we're talking about people that you know, how do people get into these situations and they just they just buy into these things that people say, and it kind of is a good reminder of why it's important to have a certain level of doubt, mm-hmm. you know. And as someone who's who believes, um, you know, in the importance of faith and and, and belief. Mm-hmm. You know, I still, you know, there's still an important place for doubt, even in, mm-hmm. you know, even next to belief, because you don't want to just buy into whatever, yeah, just whatever thing that someone's saying. And I think that, you know, I don't know what situation some of these folks come from, but mm-hmm. if they're just looking for anything to cling on to, and you, you know, you hear this and you're like, okay, that's it. And there's just no, no sense of like, eh, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. You know, that, that doubt that kind of warns you mm-hmm. against things. And I think, and then, and then of course for the cult leaders that, that, um, that that's their, they're kind of, they're, they're teaching the way they teach is it's always the, this, you know, my word is the gospel truth mm-hmm. and, you, you know, you, you're not, I don't think there's a lot of uh, emphasis or um, not encourage, they don't encourage people to investigate things for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yes, even though he said they were free thinkers. Yeah. Right. They expect you to just listen to what they say mm-hmm. and strictly adhere to whatever maybe their written word that they have is um, and not to question or doubt any of that and I think that in a lot of um, I, I, I don't know I think in all the uh, like the different denominations and stuff that I've ever you know anytime I've ever ever spoken to to somebody that would be considered like a leader or mentor uh, the um, they always encourage you to like you know go and read it for yourself and find and see what you think you know mm-hmm. see what see what mm-hmm. it means means to you instead of just saying like this is how it is just mm-hmm. do what i say so well yeah. and and get counsel from other people right. too yeah. yeah on on what this might mean mm-hmm. um right. i think also that things start slowly yeah mm-hmm. you know it's almost like the frog in the in the pot yeah if you turn it up and boil it i mean you know, do it fast, the frog jumps out. Mm-hmm. But if you do it slowly, it cooks to death. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's I guess that's kind of my my little mm-hmm. soapbox for the episode. Is, <laughs> yeah, is, you know, doubt is not always a bad thing. Yeah. You shouldn't question things and not just take everything at mm-hmm. at face value and just believe everything that someone says just because they seem to be you know knowledgeable or spiritual or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. Well, and I, th- I think that, um, I mean, I feel like I'm very in tune with my intuition. Mm-hmm. And if something doesn't feel right, I trust that. Mm-hmm. Um, trust it enough to get out of the situation mm-hmm. or not continue on with it, you know. Yeah. But... But other people aren't, they don't get that feeling mm-hmm. of something's not right here. And they're just so in need of something. Yeah. Something to believe in and somebody to help them. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that they're probably given personalized attention and all kinds of stuff to yeah. 
to bring them in. Yeah, I, I don't understand it, but you're right. I mean, they do need to, to doubt mm -hmm. and question. Mm -hmm. Was it terrible? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all also talked about, the what is it, the the blood rush or whatever. I mean, yeah. that, that was really bad, oh, yeah. too. I, I wasn't there for that one, but I know enough about that to know that that was some pretty awful stuff done. It's just, yeah. In that, too, so. Well, at this point, it's like we've talked about all kinds of awful, crazy yeah. things. We so, have, but for some reason, this just struck me as, like. Because of the children. Yeah. Because yeah. of the kids. Usually, whenever, like, whenever we talk about this kind of stuff, mm -hmm. we're, you know, rightly horrified. Yes. But whenever a child's involved. Like, we get really upset. And so, and it always seems, well, it is so much worse when it involves a child. It is. But, I mean, even thinking about the lady who had the stomach ache. Mm -hmm. That was just ridiculous. But that, I guess that just really gets me to mm -hmm. the, to the extent of what mm -hmm. they endured and then just couldn't anymore. Yeah. And then they they didn't stop. They mutilated the bodies mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, just no regard for human life, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how do you get there? Yeah. That's what makes me wonder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because you're supposed to be all religious and all this stuff, and then what turns, what flips to make you think that you're... yeah. You're gonna save everybody. You're mm -hmm. the savior and God, and yeah, and then that turns dark and evil so fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's just like okay. It's always like now that I can do whatever I want, this mm -hmm. is what I want to do. You know, and it's just like okay, wow, yeah, <laughs> that's a <laughs> that is really interesting. So mm -hmm. That's kind of a weird. Weird way to go, but that's all I got. Okay. If yep. that wasn't horror enough. <laughs> it was pretty horrific. I don't, I mean, I kind of want to say that was like, that was the worst one, just as far as the level of violence that was done. I mean, the Nexium was still pretty bad, I guess, mm -hmm. based on the number of people that were affected and by that. Yeah. But, but they, man, the stuff in yours was just way more graphic and. Mm -hmm. It was very. Typically, they don't really go into those details. Gruesome, yeah. yeah. But for some reason, they let it all go out in this one. Mm-hmm. So, Denise, your the one you talked about is just downright mild. Oh yeah. Next to all the other stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I just didn't tell you guys about how many Rolls Royces he had. <laughs> <laughs> and they made their own city. They made their own city. <laughs> All right. It was the largest bio-attack <laughs> in U.S. history, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> I really just wanted to tell you how many Rolls Royces he had. Yeah. <laughs> was it 90 or 60? It was like 93 nice. or yeah. something like that. And the <laughs> one that, like, was, that was bulletproof and, and had tear gas and yeah. gun, gun compartments. Mm -hmm. The weaponized Rolls Royce. Yep. Yes, that was it. It's like a... Um, Oh, a mob. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like for a mob boss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. 
So, yeah, I mean, if you're interested, you could go back and listen to Chris's podcast and Denise's and then mine, and you could rate them <laughs> and let us know what you think. <laughs> how crazy these people are. Yeah, you can rate it on a scale of crazy and a scale of how horrible and mm-hmm. and just, yeah. Yeah. You can pick your... Uh, Criteria? Your Yeah. <laughs> your stan- standard of, uh, of whatever... Crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he was just a little crazy. Uh, he was <laughs> over the top crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's it. That's another episode of Do We Like Murder Colts Edition. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>